Welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. And we're having a conversation today. We've got Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management in studio. It's great having you here, Jason. Thank you, Kim. It's been great to be here. And and it's been a a week for you. You have run into some really wonderful people. I I have. uh, You know, and this morning, uh, when I was coming here to the studio, I I took a wrong turn. And sometimes you take a wrong turn for the right reason. I ended up at the convenience store, the Ulta convenience store, right there at the corner of I-225 and Iliff. I went inside. There was a fellow behind the counter. His name was Spencer. Um... He was just the friendliest, uh, happiest, and we're, you know, this is five in the morning. And most, <laughs> I, it's just such a wonderful experience uh, to have him help me check out with my couple of items. Again, he was so nice, super friendly, super efficient, and, and just the kind of person that you meet that, that makes, puts a smile on your face for the rest of the day. So, you know, I told him that uh, uh, how wonderful a job I thought he had done. Uh, then I remembered I was coming to do your show, so I ran back into the store and asked him what his name was just so I could mention this. So if you're hearing this and you're on ILF and you're passing by the Alta store at 225, stop in, grab a cup of coffee, and tell Spencer uh, that he's famous now on the radio for his wonderful <laughs> customer service. I think that's great. You know, Jason, you have mentioned that you've run into a lot of really wonderful people. I think also that if you have an attitude where you are seeing the best in people, uh, I, I think that many times that, I mean, that uh, plays out in your life. And so you have a really positive attitude. And I think that that's probably why you run into so many good people. Well, and honestly, Kim, sometimes I don't. I get grouchy and Do like you really? everybody. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, uh, you know, maybe. Uh, I just needed this this week. Okay. Maybe I needed to run into a couple of really wonderful people to boost my spirits up. But I'll be thinking about Spencer all day long. I'm going to have a great day, and it's probably because Spencer started it off that wonderful. Not to take the credit away from you. Oh, okay. There we go. Okay. So, yeah, I was concerned about that. So, hey, let's jump in. You are an expert on... Uh, um, you know, helping people watch their nest egg, build their nest egg. And one of the places to do that is 401ks. And, you know, Jason, I think that people have a lot of questions about this. And so let's jump in here, you know, explain to us what's going on with 401ks and what's some nuggets of wisdom that we can give to folks today as they're, they're thinking about their investments. Well, absolutely. The 401k is the kind of the, the bedrock of most people's uh, savings for retirements. Uh, if you work at a company, almost all of them have a, a 401k retirement plan, uh, which you can put money into. Uh, most of them, you can pick the investments in there. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's not like the old pensions used to be. They've put your destiny in your own hands at this point. So one of the new things this year for 401ks is they did raise the contribution limits. So for 2019, you're allowed to contribute $19,000, uh, plus if you're over the age of 50, uh, see, you know, age does have its benefits. <laughs> Not that you would know, but I would, Kim. Uh, you can put in a, an extra $6,000 is what 
what's called a catch-up contribution. So there you go. That's $25,000 you're allowed to, to put into that retirement plan every year. And that's pre-tax. It could be either one. Now, that's another wonderful thing uh, that's that's not new, but it's new enough where I could say it's fairly new. Uh, you, most 401k plans also have the ability to make Roth contributions into the 401k. Now, not all of them have it, but more and more of them are adding it. So if you think about that, and the other thing that's great is there's no income limit. Uh, with a regular Roth IRA, if your income is too high, you're not allowed to make a contribution to a Roth. But with a Roth 401k, there is absolutely no income limit. So you start thinking about this. Uh, if you're over the age of 50, you could put $25,000 a year into that Roth 401k. All the growth is, is tax-free. When you take the money out, it's tax-free. And hopefully by the time you do do that, it's grown into a heck of a lot more money. Okay, now just explain that when you take it out, it's also tax-free? Correct. Wow. Yeah, with the Roth for Now, you don't get a tax break when you put it in. Uh, you'll still pay the taxes on that. I mean, you can't have it both ways. I, I mean, was either, hoping so. Yeah, well, we all do. But uh, either get the tax break up front or you get the tax break on the back end. Uh, that's nice. You can make a choice. Some people put some of the money in the pre-tax, some in the Roth. You can split it up however you want to. Oh, that's great. Yes. That's great. Um so can, what about changing investments? I mean, can you be in charge of your destiny on this? Oh, absolutely. And and one thing I would say is 401ks, they're not really that scary. Uh, but I know some people uh, are kind of hesitant to do anything with their 401k because they feel like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, let me just let all the money go to the default option and never really look at it. So uh, I would encourage people to get to know your 401k a little bit better. Now, I'm not advocating that you look at it every single day or every week or making an obsession because I think that that actually hurts you. But I would encourage people first just to set up your, your login to your 401k so you know how to go online, log into it, uh, poke around, and understand uh, how, how your, your 401k works. And a lot of people haven't even set up the login, I find. So I think that'd be step one. It seems like that might be step one for sure. And then you can change your investments easily. What's the difference between, you know, current dollars and future dollars? Kim, that's a great question. That's one of the, the things that a lot of folks get confused about. Inside the 401k, you're going to have uh, several different investment options. Uh, some companies might only have seven or eight or ten total. I've seen some that have 50 or 60 different options that you can invest in. And these are like, you know, they're mutual funds mm -hmm. or funds uh, inside of the plan. But you can pick where when you put your money in, which funds or investment options, I will call them, the money flows into when it comes out of your paycheck into the plan. So you're able to change the direction of that money that's coming in, but then you're also able to change the current money that's already in there. So I'll give you a quick example. Let's say your 401k has $100,000 in it. You can change 
where that 100000 is invested. With the click of a button, you can move from uh, these three funds you're in to three different ones. You can make small adjustments, big moves. It's very easy. But then you can also change where does your you know, $500 or $1,000 a month you're contributing, which investment options does that go to? And I find that's an area that sometimes uh, confuses people. So I think it, it's good to learn the difference between those two. Yeah, so it's important to be able to understand those choices then. That's right. Uh, you know, making a change to where the small amount that's going in every month is going is not as big of an instant change as if you're moving the whole big uh entire dollar amount around in one shot. Right. And and then people can kind of decide, like, they may want to take a, a portion of it and, and keep it more stable. Correct. Right? Correct. And what would that, what would those kinds of things be then? Well, let's talk about uh, the choices that you'll see in the 401k and, and kind of what they are. First off, most plans have what's called a default option. And most of the time, that's going to be one of these, uh, what's called a target date fund, uh, glide path. Uh, they tell you to pick the year that you think you're going to retire. Uh, that investment option will have a certain percentage of, let's say, stocks and a certain percentage of bonds. And as you age, it's supposed to slowly move more the percentage into bonds to make it safer as you as you get older. Uh, the tough thing is, is different companies, uh, they, they have wildly different percentages of, let's say, stocks versus bonds in the same uh, target type of fund. Let's say you say you want to retire in 2035. You might get one plan whose 2035 option has 50% stocks, and another one, for example, it could have 75, depending on what investment company they're using. Okay. So that might not be right for everybody. And, and how, how do people dis- determine that, Jason? How can they fi- try to figure out what's best for them? Well, I think, keep in mind, on your 401k site, sometimes you really have to poke around for it, but there's very uh, complete information on each one of the options. It should tell you what the composition is, how much is in stocks, how much is in bonds, what has the performance been uh, over the long term. So so those uh, that research is available there on the 401k website. You just might have to dig for it. So, uh, Kim, I wanted to talk about kind of what the differences are between kind of stock funds bond funds and stable value and money market. Uh, are we headed to a break right yeah, now? Yeah. Or let's go, let's go to break. After? And, and okay. uh, yeah, I think that's really important for people to understand that, Jason. When we come back, I am learning so much about 401ks with our great partner, Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about um, stable value, uh, bonds, stocks. You know, and I think this is really going to help people understand their 401ks a lot better. So we will be right back with Jason McBride. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. 
And uh, check out our website, americhicks.com. All of our shows are archived there. Lots of great information. And we are the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. We have in studio with us our our valued partner, Jason McBride, with Presidential Wealth, Wealth Management. We're trying to get our brains around 401ks because uh, it's important to plan for your future. Uh, you either plan, fail, or fail to plan, one or the other, right? You're right. That's an old saying, uh, usually true. Usually true. And Jason, we were looking at different investment options, and, and can you kind of break this down a little bit more so people can understand the differences between the different investment options? Sure, absolutely. And some people will find this to be a 101, but hopefully others may find it very valuable. Uh, there are going to be three kind of basic options in the 401k. The first is going to be uh, either a money market fund or what's called a stable value. Uh, Both of those are are your safest options. Uh, Money market fund, uh, those are not guaranteed usually, uh, but very seldom do they lose value. Uh, They pay a a small rate of interest. Uh, It was very small for a long time. It's been coming up a little Mm -hmm. bit lately. Uh, But then you've also got in some plans what's called a stable value fund, which is similar to a money market. They usually pay a little bit higher interest. Those are considered to be guaranteed because they're backed up uh, usually by an insurance company or an insurance contract, and they could pay a little bit higher rate of interest. And let me back up for a moment. I'm not 100% sure on every one of these, but I do believe that so at least some money market funds now are backed up by the FDIC as well. Okay. You know, after the debacle we had in 2008 that spooked a lot of people. Okay. So that's your most boring, safest option. Uh, next up is going to be fixed income or what are called bond funds or bond investment options. Uh, and those are, are safer than stocks usually, but a little bit more risky than your stable value money market. There's different kinds of bonds. You can just have government bonds. Uh, those are considered the, the safest. They're also probably the most sensitive to interest rates. If interest rates go up, they're likely to go in the other other direction. So, Jason, just a question on bonds, though. Yes, bonds, in essence, is almost kind of like... Uh, the, the person who has the money, the, the, the invest in bonds, they're loaning their money to these companies. Correct. And the company then is paying an interest rate on it. Right. And then at some point, the bond matures and the principal comes back. Okay, great. So that would be an individual bond. Uh, inside of your uh, 401k, you're going to have investment options like a bond fund. So a whole bunch of that them. That has a whole bunch of them. It's not going to have a, a maturity date. Does Got that it. make sense? It does. Okay. Um, so we talk, you know, government bonds. Uh, a lot of times you'll see uh, diversified bond funds or what they would call an aggregate bond fund. Uh, those might have all different kinds of bonds, some government, some corporate, some uh, mortgage-backed bonds. They may have a little bit of foreign. They're going to be very diversified. Most of these type can move around a little bit to different types of bonds depending on uh changing market conditions. And those are the most common type that you'll see. Uh, You may also see what's called a high-yield bond. 
option. Uh, those are also sometimes called junk bonds. It doesn't mean they're terrible. It just means they might be from a really good company, but they're lower down in the guarantee uh, okay. pile. Uh, if something bad were to happen to the company, uh, they have a uh, they're they're farther back in line to get paid. So they are more risky. Uh, they are more volatile most of the time, and sometimes they're going to follow the stock market a little closer than the okay. bond market. Uh, they're more economically sensitive than interest rate sensitive, but generally they pay a higher rate of return for taking on a little bit higher risk. Okay. So you'll see that. Finally, uh, you might see what are called a floating rate option. Uh, those are bonds that the interest rate uh, that they pay actually moves up as interest rates move up. So that gives you some protection, uh, again, with a, a normal bond. If interest rates go up, the price of the bond goes down. They're inverse to interest rates. A floating rate, because the interest rate moves up with interest rates, they offer some protection against uh, interest rates, but they're also economically sensitive, and they can get very volatile sometimes okay. if the economy gets bad. Makes sense. Yep. Last one, and, and I'll hit this real quick. You may see bonds from foreign countries or even emerging markets. Of course, those are, uh, again, usually higher interest rates. Uh, you know, accompanied especially with emerging markets by a by higher degree of risk. So there's okay. kind of your bond options in there. Okay. Okay, Kim, any questions nope, for you? I, I think that's uh, that really explains a lot, so thank you. Okay, and then finally, the one that everybody loves and uh, uh, seems to know the most about would be your stock options. Uh, you're going to see in there uh, maybe large cap, mid cap, small cap. That's just talking about the size of the company that okay. that option might invest in. Generally, large caps are considered the safest. Small caps are considered the riskiest. You know, I tend to feel like when the market goes to heck in a handbasket, they, they all generally kind of follow the same direction. Mm -hmm. There may be some differences uh, in return, but uh, don't expect small stocks to be going straight up if the market is going straight down. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to follow the shape. Uh, they may also talk about growth versus value. You know, it's just what it sounds like. A growth-oriented investment option is looking for companies that are fast growers. They might be technology, biotech, uh, new and exciting businesses, while value a lot of times are either kind of your old blue chips that pay good dividends, or it could be companies where... Um, the stock prices have just been beaten down because they're out of favor and you're waiting for something to happen to recover them. So you're buying them at a value. They're, okay. they're the bargain stuff. Uh, the most risky would probably be what are called sector funds. And those only invest in a specific area. They might only invest in energy. They might only invest in health care. They might only invest in financials. Uh, and those are generally going to be your most volatile options. Uh, if you happen to get it right and the sector catches on fire, it's very rewarding. 
But if you happen to uh, uh, do it wrong and then the sector goes out of favor, that's where you're going to feel the most pain. And unfortunately, Kim, we know how it goes. People get excited, and again, this is just human nature, about the things that are doing the best. And that's why, you know, I think the sector funds, you know, over time can hurt you pretty bad too because people tend to pile into them uh, when everybody's talking about mm-hmm. how great it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and people could actually, they if they decide that they want to do something a little riskier like that, I mean, they can just take a percentage of their 401k and do that. Right. You should be able to split it up into as many different options as you want to. Um, I don't know that splitting it up 50 different ways is going gonna, is gonna right. to help okay. you that much. Um, you know, maybe I'd like to finish up today with what to look for when you're trying to pick which Great idea. fund to go into. Well, of course, you'd want to look at their track record. Now, of course... Of course, I always have to say past performance is no guarantee of future results, but you'd want to look at the the past to see if they've done okay, wouldn't you? Seems like that makes sense. I would think that would make sense. So, but but a couple of things I would say is uh, don't just look at you know the ten year record or the record since inception, because all they show you there is what the average percent has been over that long period of time. And I know a lot of, well, that one has done the best. I'll just put all my money in there. I would dig a little bit deeper. Um, I would want to look at what, how did the fund get to that percentage? What did it do year by year? Try to find that on, on the site. What did it do every year? Did it have big swings up and big swings down? Because the question again becomes, yes, this maybe this investment option did fantastic over a 15-year period on average, but could you have stayed on for the ride? Yeah, it's kind of like a guy that uh, maybe is telling you about this wonderful roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it goes up and it goes down and everybody's talking about it. Well, did you ride it? Well, yeah, I rode it, but the first time it took a big uh, drop, I asked him to stop the roller coaster, <laughs> and I got off. So I didn't get the whole ride, even though the God. roller coaster's wonderful. So that's that's a couple of things I would say that could be helpful, is really look at the year-by-year year and be honest with yourself. Could you have stayed in when it got crazy or not? Because if the answer's no... That average return over doesn't 10, matter, does it? You wouldn't have been along for the ride. Wow, wow, Jason, we are out of time. I figured this is uh, this has been great nuggets of information about four hundred one k. So, uh, I think we'll have you back in February to go through that, and maybe we'll get a, to a little bit of this tomorrow because you're going to be back in tomorrow morning. Uh, we had both watched a Tucker Carlson piece, and uh, you saw it a little bit differently. And as we talked about it, and what he was talking about tax. Uh, you know, taxing the rich, if you will, which is one of the conversations out there. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, I'll go into some details on how do tax rates actually work. Yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating. So Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management, thank you. And you're going to be in again tomorrow. Before we uh, say goodbye, Calvin Coolidge said, I want the people of America to be able to work less for the government and more for themselves. I want them to have the rewards of their own industry. This is the chief meaning of freedom. Until we can establish a condition under which the earnings of the people can be kept by the people, we are bound to suffer a very severe and distinct curtailment of our liberty. So this is the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson uh, signing off. God bless you. God bless America. And we'll be back tomorrow. Rising.
don't 